you are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs. Uh, if you hear some background noise, I'm sorry. This is not the best recording setup, but I'm making do with what I have. It's been kind of a crazy day. I got some sick kids at the house have been running around this morning wanted to get an episode out though today and I thought I would start by talking basketball uh that's not the case because as I was getting set up to record here I saw a tweet come across my timeline and it's from Zach Evans running back at TCU great athlete great player um he's not gonna play tomorrow in Stillwater still dealing with this turf toe injury I if I had to guess I'd say Zach probably doesn't play the rest of the season I hope maybe he can make the trip to Ames, I don't know. But anyway, he's been sidelined for a few weeks, which is unfortunate. He was having a really good season until then. Um, and he tweeted out on his Twitter account. So Zach tweeted, we want Deion Sanders. And he tagged Deion in the tweet. Now, Zach and Deion have a little history. Um, and, I mean, like, the Deion Sanders candidate situation is fascinating to me. Because I don't, when I hear his name, I don't immediately just tune it out or say, oh no, there's no way that would work. Now I have a million questions and it is a big risk. He's done a good job at Jackson State so far. They're eight and one, they're six and zero in conference play this season. They had sort of an up and down spring season, but he was thrust into a tough situation, basically hitting the ground running immediately with games. You know, the, the, the thing with Dion that everybody says is you get him in here and he's just going to pull anybody and everybody, right? Like five-star recruit, boom. They want to play for Dion. They want to play for primetime. He walks in a living room. Everybody knows who he is. He immediately commands respect. He walks into a high school coach in his office. Everybody knows who he is. They want to impress him. They respect him, what he's done. And I get that. Like, I understand... I understand that argument. At the same time, he doesn't have much head coaching experience. With Dion, you have to wonder, is like is he is he in it? Is he does he want to do the work every day? And that's not a shot at his work ethic. I'm not like taking a, a crack at him for that. I just have concerns and worries about it because I know that Dion does a million different things like he does commercials he does TV um, he's a huge name he's a celebrity and will that increase your brand yes but I mean does he want to work 90 to 100 hour work weeks does he want to grind film every day on Iowa State I don't know He's, he's obviously doing some of that at Jackson State. But, I mean, I can't say f- for certain that he's going to come here and, and do that and immediately be amazing in the Big 12. So, in my mind, like, the first thing, if you're talking about, okay, you want to hire Deion Sanders as the head coach, which I don't know how far TCU is along the process, but I know this. I know Drew Davison and Jeremy Clark have reported that he is a legitimate candidate. Like, he had an interview, and he impressed enough in that interview that 
they decided he's still in the mix. It wasn't just one conversation, thanks for playing. You know, we're just trying to please somebody on the hiring committee. It was apparently a legitimate talk, interview, and they want to know more about what he has to say. But if you if you want to move forward with him and with hiring him, then my first question is, who is he bringing on staff? Because in my mind, you have to have an offense and defensive coordinator that are going to do a lot of the bulk of the ins and outs, day in, day out coaching responsibilities. And then if Dion wants to be more of a CEO type, who's kind of a walk-around coach that is heavy in the recruiting game and is heavy in promoting TCU, the school, and the brand, fantastic. (laughs) But also, I mean, I just, I can't stress enough the whiplash that this program would have going from just Gary Patterson's personality, who he was, the kinds of things he was trying to instill to like the swagger and the excitement and all the pomp and circumstance that Dion's going to bring to the position. It would create a ton of national buzz, but I mean, I think ultimately I'm safe in saying that Sonny Dykes and Billy Napier and potentially Matt Campbell, if he has any interest in the job, would be the guys they would talk to first. But Dion is a heck of a wild card candidate. Now back to the Zach Evans thing, because I think this is interesting. So Zach Evans says he wants Deion Sanders. I was looking through that tweet briefly, like who replied to it and everything. And I'm, I'm, I think Noah Daniels quote tweeted it and said, yeah, that's who we want. I'm not positive about that. Sorry if I mess that up. Okay, so Zach Evans wants Deion Sanders. I love Zach Evans. Um, He came in as somebody with a lot of question marks. I think Zach's done everything the right way, as far as I can tell. He's been a great teammate. He's dealing with his turf toe injury. He hasn't been available lately, but when he's been on the field, he's been fantastic. My, My only complaint is why is he not getting the ball more? And, I mean, that's between him and the coaches. I, I don't have an answer to it. You need to factor in the opinions of your players. At the same time, Zach's going to be at TCU for one more year. Potentially. I think he's going to have a lot of suitors in the transfer portal this offseason. So if him saying, like, get Dion here as my coach, if that's Zach saying, if he's here, I'm here. Like, if Dion's here, I'm here. Then that's something you factor in. But let me be honest about it. And I'm not trying to take a dig at, at Zach. I know he's talented. I want him to be great. Like, what I want for Zach Evans in a TCU uniform is for next season, him to be 100% healthy, to run for 2,000 yards, to be one of the best running backs in the nation, to get national attention for what a great player he is. But I know if he does all those things, he's going to be off to the NFL. Really, I know regardless, just based on his talent and who he is, even if he has another season his junior year, where he only ends up with like 600, 700 yards because he's been in and out of the lineup, but he shows flashes of greatness, he's probably gone. I think there's a decent chance, even if Dion is the head coach, that he's gone in the transfer portal after the season. And that's not a criticism of Zach. I just, 
I'm I'm a realist. I believe he's going to have a lot of interest in the transfer portal. So, I think TCU has to consider what the players think, but you cannot make your decision solely based on what the current players want. Because the bottom line is, you know, he's here for another year. If that was Noah Daniels who said that, Noah Daniels might not even be back next season. He might decide he wants to test the NFL waters. I'll use an example. Down the road at Baylor. Hey, remember when we beat Baylor? That was fun. Our TCU beat Baylor. I don't like saying we. Because I'm not on the team. A couple of years ago when they had an opening after Matt Rule left, all the, like, all the players were banging the table for Joey McGuire to get the job. They wanted Joey promoted. They ended up hiring Dave Aranda. Now, I, I think Jury's still out on Dave, but he's a good coach. He's shown this year what he can do. Has a good staff. Joey McGuire might leave and become an amazing... Well, he did leave. He might be an amazing coach at Texas Tech. I don't know. Maybe he was a genius in waiting. Really strong relational guy. Texas ties. Going to be a great recruiter. I think it's a good hire for Texas Tech. But Baylor didn't let, you know, the overwhelming opinion of their players sort of hold them hostage and force them into a hire. And and that's that would be my plea to TCU. And I don't know what the consensus of the team is. This is one opinion. But it's obviously a strong opinion because Zach's a super talented dude and he's not somebody that's said a lot publicly. Like, he's only been in media availability a couple times. He doesn't tweet a whole lot of, you know, this is what I think about the team. So this is one of the first times he's ever spoke up about, you know, an issue pertaining to TCU football. If if the administration of Jeremiah Donati, if they think Dion is the dude, if they think he's all in, that he can do what people say he can do on the recruiting trail, which I'll also say, one thing you have to consider about that too, and this segment's going longer than I intended, sorry. But, okay, so he's going to help in recruiting. I believe that, but how much, how much is he going to help? Because the truth is, TCU, not the last couple of years from a class ranking perspective, but since they've joined the Big 12, traditionally they've been third behind Oklahoma and Texas. So unless Dion's going to elevate them to a point where they're out recruiting those schools, which I'm skeptical that he can do that even with all the weight he throws around and, you know, the personality he has, then what else is he going to bring besides that? Because I'm skeptical that he can out-recruit those two schools. So, you know, what else is he bringing to the table? I feel like he would help with name, image, and likeness. I think he'd be a big player in the transfer portal. But my point being, like, if they think Dion's the dude, he's not my first choice. But if they think he's the guy, go get your guy and see what happens. It'd be a big risk. It would get you a lot of attention. It's not the guy I would choose. Like, I would my, – my rankings would be Billy Napier, Matt Campbell, if he's interested, Sonny Dykes, of the people that we've heard. And then I think, you know, Dion is right there after those. But don't let – like, don't let the current players solely make the decision for you. 
When we come back, TCU played basketball last night. The men got in action against McNeese State. We'll talk about that win coming up on Locked on Horn Frogs. Okay, segment two of Locked on Horn Frogs. Let's talk some basketball. So, uh, TCU gets a victory over McNeese State. Last night, 77-61 to was your final score. And overall, I think it's a pretty impressive performance for the Frogs. Sloppy start to the game. Did not play well early, but they were able to, you know, bounce back quickly and kind of find their footing as the game went on. Mike Miles led the way with 23 points. Not his best day shooting from the field, but he was able to get to the foul line. Um, The defense was pretty suffocating. Like, that was one of my big positives from the game. I, I thought, especially on the perimeter, they were able to just contain McNeese State and not allow them to do what they want, get some steals, get out in transition. Didn't finish super well in transition, uh, but hopefully that's just a work in progress as they get all these new guys adjusted to playing together. Um, Emmanuel Miller had 12 points. Emmanuel is a transfer from Texas A&M. He's a big-time scorer. He led the Aggies in scoring last season. So I, I was impressed with him. I was impressed with Micah Peavy. He only had six points. This team looks much more athletic than they did last year. They look more explosive. They have some guys that can get to the rack. Like Micah Peavy and Emmanuel Miller looked like they could get to the rim just about any time they wanted last night. Now, the problem was they struggled to handle the ball. I mean, they struggled to dribble the basketball. They struggled to be strong with the ball, finishing around the rim. That's something you hope will get better as the year goes on. But overall, I came away feeling pretty good. Chuck O'Bannon came off the bench and had 10 points. He was shooting the ball well. Francisco Farabello uh, had a nice night off the bench as well. He's going to be a a valuable backup point guard who can come in and run the offense. Mike Miles is a dude that makes this machine go. I mean, he's if, if TCU is good, it's because Mike Miles had a really good season. Um, and he's not competing anymore with R.J. Nimhard for those isolation moments. You know, I was, I was hard on Jamie Dixon at the end of last year. I, I didn't make a secret about it. I thought it was time for TCU to move on. I have been impressed with how he has rebuilt this roster. Um... I'll just say this. Watching last night, and there's there's time for this to change, but one criticism I've had of Jamie is that his offensive system, it's very ISO-heavy. Like, it's really predicated on individual players making plays. And to a certain extent, I mean, that's just basketball. But I think there's got to be some more creativity. There has to be ways to get this team easier buckets. There's just not enough There's not enough scheming to get better looks. I feel like everything is kind of in the flow of the offense, and if if they have a sloppy start like they did last night, you know, they let McNeese hang around for the first 10 minutes of the game because they just couldn't really get anything going in this motion offense that they're running. And I just I wish there was more strategy to try to get these guys better looks. But... I really like what Mike Miles brought to the table. I really like what Emmanuel Miller brought to the table. Uh, Again, it looks like a completely different team. And defensively, I think they're going to be able to get after people. Now, Damian Ball is another guy that uh, is new on this team. And he's he's super athletic. He reminded me of P.J. Fuller just watching him last night. Has hops, can get to the rim. 
he got banged up. Not exactly sure what was going on. We'll see if and when he gets back in the lineup. But he was not a factor late in that game. And then the final thing I'll say, I'll have to watch the game again to get a clear picture of it. But they're bigs. Like last season, I loved Kevin Samuel. um, But it never really worked out for him on offense. Like he didn't... He didn't get many post-touches, and when he did, he just couldn't do a whole lot with it. Eddie Lampkin was the starting center last night, and Eddie had a huge transformation to his body. Like, he slimmed down in a big way, lost, like, almost 100 pounds, looks better. He played 13 minutes at eight points. Xavier Court came off the bench. Uh, Jacoby Coles came off the bench. And from a scoring standpoint... Their big men did not have, like, a huge night. But from a – just from a quality minutes perspective, I felt like the front court held up pretty well. They out-rebounded McNeese State in a big way, which that's supposed to happen. McNeese State's a smaller school. I I just – again, I'll have to watch the game again to get a full picture, but I really felt like even though TCU didn't have a lot of points from their post guys, that front court played really, really well – and they have some more depth. Last year, once Samuel came out of the game, like Jaden Ledee was kind of up and down, and that was really it. That was all they had as far as guys that could come in and bang on the inside. But it seems like they have more depth there this season, which is encouraging. Um, and being big and being long in basketball, it's not just about who you have on the interior, but I think just at every position, they're better than they've been in the past. So... That's big news for TC basketball. We'll keep track of them all year long. But that was their first game, getting the win over McNeese State, 77-61. We'll take one more break when we come back. We'll close things up. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, just want to pass this along before we go. Tonight, uh, TCU soccer, they start their march to the uh, College Cup in the NCAA tournament trying to get to uh, the Final Four. Last year made it to the Elite Eight in the fall-slash-spring season they played before bowing out um, in that Elite Eight matchup. But this season, they kick off uh, the tournament against Prairie View A&M at home. So excited for them. Excited for Eric Bell. Big 12 regular season and tournament champions. TCU soccer, they get postseason play underway this evening. And TCU football tomorrow against Oklahoma State. Should be a fun matchup. Excited to see what Chandler Morris does. In week two, this is a very salty, very good Oklahoma State defense he is going up against. So that's all going to play out this weekend. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs. I'll talk to you Monday. Again, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.